Father, once again we are here. We have come in your presence. May you speak to us. May you give us our spiritual medicine. Lord, that we may be healed. Grant I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So this evening, once again, um, I would like to greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Tell your neighbor, welcome in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we are going to the book of Malachi chapter 4. Verses, we just read that verse uh, this is the last verse we read in our sharing last week. And we've not really gone to explain on this verse, but uh, we'll be able to do that in the coming days. Malachi chapter 4 verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and the dreadful day of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. So I also send greetings to the saints that are joining us on Zoom. The Lord bless you. And those of you here in the fellowship also God bless you. So uh, we are continuing with our subject we shared on last week. The ministry of Elijah in the end time. There is a lot, of, a lot for us to talk about on this subject. So I'd like you to really follow follow with the much kindness. The ministry of Elijah. So uh, the scripture we have read here in the book of Malachi, it speaks of the coming of Elijah. And this Elijah that is being prophesied about is the one that is coming in the end time. Because remember Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. And uh, you know many people believe this message. But very few can be able to uh, even read scriptures talking about the Elijah of our time. It is highly likely that when you are asked, you would say, let me go and uh, ask my pastor. So please uh, learn these things, learn the verses, understand them, and then you can be able to give answer when you are asked. Many times when you talk about William Branham as the Elijah of the end time, people think we are just cooking this from somewhere. And that it has no Bible basis. No Bible foundation. And because we do not give foundation enough to this, many times people even fear to mention the name William Branham as the Elijah of the end time. Don't just accept that it is him without knowing why it is him. You should know. And that is why I'm taking this subject on the ministry of Elijah in the end time. So by, the, by God's grace, I expect us to go into certain things. And last, last week, we were, we were able to talk a, a, a lot about, uh, uh, you know, Ahab. Because remember, Elijah came at a time of Ahab. But notice, 
Here he gives a prophecy and he says I will send Elijah the prophet. So by this time we know that Elijah the prophet has already gone to heaven. Because he never died. So he is not talking about the physical man called Elijah here. He is talking about the spirit of Elijah in the end time. Because God continues to use the spirit which was upon Elijah. When we say the spirit of Elijah, we don't mean the spirit of the man Elijah. But we mean the spirit and power, the ministry of Elijah. And the ministry of Elijah was functioning by the power of the Holy Spirit. It was not of his own. He was also relying on the Holy Spirit. So really, this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Working through Elijah. So we see that God used Elijah in a mighty way. And we read 1 Kings chapter 18. And I'd like to go through a little bit of it before we continue. Verses 19. Now therefore, send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal 450 and the prophets of the groves 400 which eat at Jezebel's table. So I have sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. Basekabakechsokesuleyekuminomunana,olinyiriri,orua,simbolua,19,olwekuminomuenda,Bibliyegamba,nti,karinno,tuma,onkunga,nizejendi,Israeli,yenna,kuruzozikarumeri,neban
do. You know, God is so gracious that He cannot judge you based on what someone else did. He gives you your own opportunity. And we find that Ahab also had this opportunity to walk in the ways of God, but Ahab did not. So, what did Ahab do? Ahab went and married uh, Anan Jew. If you notice in 1 Kings 16 where we read last time also verse 31 it says and it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat that he took to wife Jezebel the daughter of Ethbal king of the Zidonians and went and served Baal and worshipped him I believe we all remember the sins of Jeroboam. What were the sins of Jeroboam? God told Jeroboam, I'm going to give you a, a sure house like I gave to David. Only walk in my ways. Only follow my commandments. And you will have everything you need. And you will rule according to your, the desire of your heart. But what did Jeroboam do? Jeroboam went after other gods. And when he went after other gods, God cast him. God also rejected him. And now we find here that the Bible is saying King Ahab he, it, 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 it took it as if it had been a light thing to walk in the sins of Jeroboam. He did the same thing that Jeroboam did. He, he walked in the sins of Jeroboam. We have seen many people in the Bible who are blessed by God. But you know, the blessing of God doesn't come to you by surprise. If you want the blessing of God in your life, walk according to the ways of God. If you walk according to the ways of God, it is a must. You must receive the blessing of God. But if you don't walk according to the ways of God, you will never receive the blessing of God. So now, many people sit there and they wait to be surprised by God's blessings. Surprise! Oh, oh, I'm going to bless you. No, it doesn't work that way. If you are going to be blessed by God, you already know before it happens. Why? Because you are walking in the ways of God. How many are walking in the ways of God today? If you are walking in the ways of God, I want to say the blessing of God is sure. I don't even have to say God bless you because you are already blessed because you are walking in the ways of God. But King Ahab he took it light as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam and he expected God's blessing. So what did he do? He took Jezebel for wife. The daughter of Ethbal, the king of the Zidonians. And after that, he went and served Baal and worshipped him. If you marry an unbeliever, it is almost sure you will worship other gods. That is why believers must always marry believers. Because non-believers will always bring their gods with them. But you want to build your house on a sure foundation. You want to build your house on Jesus Christ. You know he gave a parable of a man who built his house on a rock. 
And another one who built his house on sand. He said the one who built his house on sand. When the rains came down. And the floods went up. The house went down. But the one that built his house on the rock. The rains came down. The floods went up. But the house remained sure. Because it was placed on a rock. Jesus Christ is our solid rock. Amen. When we are built on him, when we are built on him, we can never sink. We can never be destroyed because we are built on a sure foundation. Amen. And this message is built on the rock. The rock of revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are built on the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church upon this rock and, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, the church of Jesus today, and when I say the church of Jesus, it is a universal church. I'm talking about men and women, people who are built on the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Christ is the word himself. The opening of the word. There are some who don't like it. But we love it. There are some who don't want to follow it. But we love to follow it. There are some who take it as if it is a light thing. To do the things the word says we should not do. But we take the word of God serious. Everything it says. We want to do it. Because we are built on that foundation. That foundation which can never sink. But Ahab. When the word of God says he should not marry an unbeliever, he said it is not important. And he went and took himself an unbeliever. And when that happened, he was introduced to other gods. He was introduced to Baal worship because he married the daughter of Esbat. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, if you are not yet married, never even have a slightest desire or even thought of marrying an unbeliever. If you have that thought or that mind, God can never give you one of his until you are delivered. You must be purposed. But this is who I am. This is where I am planted. I am planted in the word. I am planted on the revelation of the word. And I am going nowhere else. Nowhere else. This is where I am staying. Praise God. Alright. So now, then we find out that Ahab takes an unbeliever for wife and Jezebel begins to control the king. You know, at this time, because the king was backslidden, you can also say the country was backslidden. Israel had backslidden. The glory of God had departed. You know, the king had took, took an e and a heathen for a wife. You know, and you know, there was confusion in the land. But God still loved his people. God always loves his people that are called by his name. He does not leave, leave them to be destroyed. He always has a solution for them. And in such a situation, when the nation was in that situation. God sent an Elijah ministry. An Elijah ministry came to prove where God was. To prove what God desired. To prove what God wanted. When Elijah comes, he doesn't 
come with presumption. He doesn't come with guesswork. When Elijah ministry comes on the scene, it is a vast saith the Lord. It is a sure ministry. It is a perfect ministry because it is speaking on behalf of God. If we don't understand the importance of the ministry of Elijah, we will not see the need for an Elijah in the end time. But if we see why God must send Elijah, why God sent Elijah in the beginning, we will know why God must send Elijah in our time. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Are you following me now? So we notice here, Elijah comes on the scene. And Elijah tells uh, King Ahab, you are wrong. Ah, mm -hmm. The prophets of our time. Can they tell the president or the prime minister or the king of any country that you are wrong? They cannot dare that. The prophets of this time, they can't do that. Even their association with the king or the the Prime Minister or the President. It is a grand opportunity. It is a cake for them. They cannot let it go. They, 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 they associate with him for, for, for what they receive. And, uh, and, and, and what, when he asks them, should I do this? He says, yes! Your Excellency, God is with you. Go! The power of God God is telling you, God is because they want money, because they want power, because they want a brand new car, because that is the other prophets. But when it comes to prophet Elijah, hallelujah, when he comes, he comes with that saith the Lord. He says it the way it is. Whether you like it or not, whether it is sweet or bitter, he will tell you that that is what God says. That is why people say the message is hard. Because this message is the message of Elijah. It is not meant to be easy. It is not meant to be easy. It is meant to be hard. Because it is meant to put the wrong things back to order. That is the purpose of the message. When we say the message, we mean the message of Elijah. Hallelujah. God has given us that message again. In this end time. But before we see it in our time, we have to see how it operated in the beginning. Praise God. So, Ahab comes and tells Elijah. You have done wrong. Uh, 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 Elijah comes and tells Ahab, brother. You have done wrong. You, you know, you, 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 you have to correct this. And then, uh, Jezebel also comes. The wife of the king. Says, no. Ahab, this man here, Elijah, is misleading you. I am the true prophetess. Baal is the true God. And Elijah is misleading you. So you see, at that time when Elijah came, there was a woman with so much influence and power on, on the king. But there was a prophet with so much power and influence from the Holy Ghost. So we are seeing two powers walking parallel to each other. Amen. Whenever you see the ministry of Elijah, there must be Jezebel somewhere to Pause the ministry of Elijah. And the ministry of Elijah will always defeat the spirit of Jezebel. Yes. We see here Elijah tells uh, 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 Ahab, Say, King, go and gather to me. Bring all the prophets. 
that serve your wife. That serve Baal. Bring all of them. If their God is God. Let us see today. If my God is God. We shall see it before the end of the day. So they gathered themselves. 450 prophets. Oh my God. Versus one man, Elijah. 450 prophets. It is never about numbers. No. And you begin comparing yourself with other denominational churches. I feel ashamed. Sometimes when believers compare themselves with other denominational churches. How dare you do that? It's not about numbers. It's, it's, never, it's never been about numbers. Never. Are you hearing me, child? It has always been about the truth. It has always been about the word. It has always been about the spirit of God. That is what we want to follow. Where the spirit of God is. That's where the egos gather. Because they go there to for spiritual man. 450 prophets. They came. And they gathered themselves against one man, Elijah. Who challenged them? Elijah challenged them. Yeah. And they came and said, and Elijah told them, because you are many, you are going to go fast. <laughs> Put the altar <coughs> and, um, and, um, and uh, put the bullock Power water and then call on your God. If he answers by fire, then your God is the true God. So they started. They, you know, they did all the, the, the things they had to do. And they started calling on their God. God Nothing. They said, let us go in the spirit. Maybe they started speaking in tongues. No fire. They became excited. No fire. They said, there is something wrong. Bring some knives. Balu wants some blood. <laughs> and they brought knives. And they said, that's why I don't believe even our prayers should be like the Pentecostal prayers. The, the, the denomination of Pentecostal. The believer, a believer prays with revelation. Before you pray, you even know how and what to pray for. Read your Bible. Go to the book of Daniel and see how Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed point by point by point by point. He knew what to pray for. And when the angel of the Lord came down, angel Gabriel told him exactly what he needed to know. And his prayer was not just out of the blue. It wasn't just excitement. It was inspired by the revelation of the word. And so he began praying by revelation, by inspiration, according to the word. He knew what to say. Just like Jesus, he knew what to pray. Like Sister Hattie, she knew what to ask it is by revelation but these men they thought it is shouting they thought it is moving around and dancing and cutting themselves that moves the Holy Ghost no it is not one time 
There was a man called. Oh God, remind me his name. T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne said. You know, I went to the William Branham meeting. And we thought that the devil can't go unless you backed at him. But that man, he told us, close your eyes now. We're going to cast out this demon. And he prayed, he said, Lord, kill this child. And thou devil, I command you to live in the name of Jesus. And he said, open your eyes. The child has been delivered. Tell Osborne, who was a preacher, said, ah, how possible is that? Before he even backed at that demon. How come it has gone? Tell Osborne said we were used. Tell Osborne in the name of That's what takes the devil. But I saw different. And and said, I saw Jesus in that man. This thing is on YouTube. Go and see it. Tell Osborne says that. Praise God. And these people here, they were doing the same thing. They thought that when they dance and shout too much, then Baal will hear them. But they were doing it without revelation. <laughs> You know, like, 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 like the comedy they play in the churches these days. By the way, we are seeing those same things today. Today. Why? Because Elijah is here again today. Some two spirits are working. The spirit of Jezebel is here in our generation. But the spirit of Elijah is here again to restore us back again to the realities of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then uh, as they cut themselves, Baal hear us. You know, I will tell you why. Baal never answered. Even if Baal was a living God. Some people have said, oh no, maybe they were worshipping the living God, but they didn't know they were calling him Baal. Even if they were talking, even if they were to talk to the God of Elijah, he would not have answered. Why? The time was wrong. Number one. Number two. The altar was messed up. So the, the doctrines were all wrong. <laughs> and the time was wrong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God could not answer. And Baal could not even know what to do. Baal was already confused. Who can, stand be, who can stand before the king? When Elijah is there, and you are telling me that Baal is going to work, impossible. And that's what we see on, on these comedians, some of them calling themselves preachers. You know, for a show, the Holy Spirit is never for a show. Never for a show. That's one of the ways to know that a preacher is a false preacher. They come and they begin prophesying. You know, especially here in Africa, we have a lot of them. And they say, and then they begin calling their names and beating their chests. <laughs> yes, I am prophet. <laughs> Whatever. And then the people shout, and believers, I, I hope you don't have televisions and you are going to watch those kind of things. You, you, you are just wasting your time. You You're feeding on wrong spirits. That's not the God of Elijah. The God of Elijah is a God of order. He restores the true teaching fast. When they finished everything, when they were just there, they couldn't even walk. They couldn't even do anything. And I just said, you are done now. Huh? 
Now I can start. What time was it? The Bible says it was the evening time. It was time for the evening sacrifice. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the evening time it shall be light. Oh my, Amina. that is the time for Elijah to come on the scene. That's the time for him to come. And I told you evening time is also meaning in other ways, end time. The end of time. We are living in those days. We are in the end time. <laughs> Praise God. The Bible says there shall be time no longer. It is going to be finished. Time no longer. Time for what? Time for what? Listen to me carefully. It's going to be end of time for the sealed book. It's, we, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Bride, the true Israel will no longer read from a closed book. But she will now read from an open book with revelation, with understanding also because she has heard amen from the messenger of her age. The Bible says when amen in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he begins to sound the mystery of God shall be finished not time for mysteries anymore the mysteries are going to be open the mysteries are going to be revealed the seals are going to be opened and the bride will have full access full access to the Shekinah glory full access to the real God whereby that same God how do you know you have full access the Bible says he answers by fire that God answers by fire and if you know you have access to him you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire you cannot be called anymore no you will not be a cold believer you will be on fire for the message revelation of the word brings fire it doesn't bring ice it brings fire. And so Elijah, he, he, this was the evening time. This was the end time. Amen. Time, oh glory to God. Hallelujah. God had to come down at that moment because it was the right time. It was the end time of God's silence. The end time of silence. Tell your neighbor the end time of God's silence. The end time of God's silence. From morning God was silent. Afternoon God was silent. But in the evening time. It shall be light. The Bible says God. Amen is light. In him is light. And there is no darkness at all. It was the end time of God's silence. And when Amen Elijah came on the scene, he knew it was time for God to speak. We are living in the time where God has spoken. After all have spoken, it is time for God to speak. It was no longer time for Baal to speak. Or for the servants of Baal to speak. It was time for God himself to speak through his messenger. They were 450 doing the same thing. But there was one Elijah doing a different thing altogether. Oh my God. And when he came, he put the altar in order. That's the first thing. 
You see, altar here means the doctrines, the teachings, because each stone was meaning one tribe of Israel. So they had to all be in order, in the right place, in the right position, for God to answer. So Elijah, he broke the altar. He broke everything. And he rebuilt it. He restored it again. The, altar, the same altar which they were using. He broke it. And he rebuilt it. You see, the denominations have had some doctrines they have taught for years. But when Elijah comes, he breaks everything. He kicks everything. He puts apart everything. He comes and he says, there is nothing like infant baptism. There is nothing like women preachers. There is nothing like baptism in, in, in Trinity. He says, print is from hell. Well, who is this man? He's a minister of restoration. He's a minister of Elijah. Coming to break the altar and restore it in the right order, in the right way, it is supposed to be. In and we see him, he came and put the altar in order. And after putting the altar in order, then he puts the bulk and everything. He told them power. Praise God. Praise God. Power water. They powered water. They powered water. The Bible actually says that water went even in the trenches. Everywhere. They, they had powered water. And when he started praying, praise God. Praise God. And, and, uh, he said, do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran around about the altar. And they filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and say Lord God of Abraham Isaac and of Israel let it be known this day that you are God in Israel he wasn't just praying when you're praying I wonder whether you pray with revelation Pray with revelation. Don't just matter or repeat words. The Bible speaks of this. Wait until I talk about prayer. See, this man was praying with revelation. And he was praying according to the word. He knew what to say. That will touch God. And that I am thy servant. And that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me. That these people may know that thou art the Lord God. And that thou hast turned their heart back Again. That's the minister of Elijah. To turn the hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let them know that you are the Lord God. Let them know I am your servant. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you remember Gideon? The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Always two things. There is no way you can believe the God of Elijah and reject Elijah. You have to believe Elijah first in order to accept his message. Praise God. 
We have had many people who say, oh, William Branham was a prophet. He was used by God powerfully. But he went astray. Do they understand the Bible? <laughs> if a prophet is a prophet of God, he he, he cannot go astray in his doctrine. Because he's a prophet, not because he did miracles. He's a prophet because the word of God came to him. If you read your Bible, Bible the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, to Ezekiel, to Daniel. Daniel. So, prophets are the ones that the word of God come to. Alright? So then miracles are only to vindicate that what they said was of God. But these people, they accept the miracles and they reject the word. But the bride believes the word. That one makes us different. We are interested in everything Elijah has to say. Because Elijah's message is a message to restore our hearts back again. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hmm. Wow. And so, then the fire of the Lord fell. Read, read it again. Verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell. And consume the burnt sacrifice. And the wood. And the stones. And the dust. And licked up the water. That was in the trench. And when all the people saw it. They fell on their faces. And they say. The Lord. He is the God. The Lord. He is the God. Meaning there is no other God. But the God of Elijah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The God of Elijah is still alive today. The God of Elijah still answers by fire today. The God of Elijah is the only God. And the people Abantu. that have accepted Abamukiriza. the ministry of Elijah in the end time, they have accepted the true God. Praise God. Elijah never came to start a denomination. Elijah never came to start a following. Elijah never came to start a church. He never started a denomination. Did you know that? Hey, when Elijah came the first time, he never did that. When Elijah came the second time through Elisha, he never did that. When he came the third time through John the Baptist, he never did that. When he comes the fourth time through William Branham, he never did that. Elijah never starts a following. William Branham said, I never preached the message. I said, I don't bring my message to bring up a following after me or to start some organization. But I bring it for one purpose so that you will have a personal relationship Hallelujah. with Jesus Christ. The, the message is not a denomination. This is not another religion. That's why we receive everybody and anybody. We accept everyone to come. Invite them no matter how they look, let them come to your church. Why? Because this message is for the whole world. This message is for everyone that has breath. For them to be restored back again. Praise God. And so Elijah, that's the nature of his ministry. And he came at a time when Ahab was under Jezebel. Jezebel had taken grip on, light, on, 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 on Ahab. Now, today, we are seeing the same, same spirit of Jezebel ruling the church today. 
You read Revelation 2.20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. Because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Praise God. Come here, so you see this woman Jezebel. This woman Jezebel. She always misleads the servants of God. She calls herself a prophetess. She calls herself a teacher by seducing preachers and believers to commit spiritual fornication. What is spiritual fornication? By taking this Bible and they mix it up with traditions and ideas of man. That is the spirit of Jezebel. The spirit of Jezebel. We have seen it in our generation. It has come in a powerful way to even make the women physically be, look and behave like her. No wonder women in our generation, especially those who are in church. Paint themselves. What, what is that? Jezebel was a, a, a heathen. She was not believing in the God of Israel. She was a heathen. And because of that, she, she according to their heathen traditions, they painted themselves to look appealing to the people. Especially the men. Now, we see that same thing even in our own African traditions and also other countries. Sometimes people think that this is oh, only our Africa. Even in Europe. Even in, 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 in India, Asia, all over, according to the human tradition, the heathen traditions, they have always painted themselves. It is not because of civilization. Even before civilization, then people used to paint themselves. Different colors. Different this and that. On their lips. They put, they put holes on their body. They put caps on their body. In their ears and in their nose and on their tongue and everywhere. I mean, this is like ancient. The Egyptians used to do it. And all the other ancient civilizations. So, it's not a new thing. But see here in the Bible, this was a... Uh, uh, these were the Zidonians. And they used to do this thing. You know, to, to paint themselves. And they called makeup. So they used to make up themselves. And they thought it is a good thing. But Jesus Christ one time was born. And when he was born, he brought another civilization to the world. And this civilization, hallelujah, is what we have received. This Bible is not a white man's book. The white men have rejected it even. It is not a black man's book. The black man have had it for many years. They didn't understand it. It is not a red man's book or a yellow man's book. This is the word of God. Hallelujah. Nina. And it guides us into all righteousness. Mm. And we see that in there we read about Jezebel. 
Bible. A woman that was painting herself to attract men. And we see the women doing the same thing today. They paint their faces. They put, they paint their lips. They paint their eyes. They paint all these things to look artificially beautiful. In order to scorn at God that they are not wonderfully men. But when you hear the message of Elijah, Sister, you are able to understand. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't need artificial beauty. You are beautiful naturally. Whatever you use on your skin matters. It must just manifest Christ. Whatever doesn't change you, it's all right. Whatever doesn't change you, it's all right. Praise God. Because I had somebody say, oh, you mean we can't even use lotion? Oh, we can't even use jelly? We can't even use... We're talking about the spirit of Jezebel that changes themselves to attract men. It's a spirit of fornication. And uh, I see my time is almost up. I'm about 10 minutes here. But let me read you a little portion here. And then I'll carry on the next time. He says the first and the very important thing that we learn about Jezebel is that she is not a daughter of Abraham. Nor is her induction into the tribes of Israel one of the spiritual one of spiritual admission as we, as was that of Ruth. The one that induced her, that brought her in. The Moabites. No, sir. This woman was the daughter of Ethibat. The king of Sidon. Who was the priest of the Astat. He had gained the throne by murdering his predecessor. Phyllis. So we see right away that she was the daughter of a murderer. This certainly reminds us of Cain. And the way she became a part of Israel was not through the spiritual channels that God had ordained for Gentile admission. But she came in by marriage to Ahab the king of the ten tribes of Israel. Now, this union, as we have seen, was not spiritual. So, there are many people who want to bring and make believers by marriage. That's not a spiritual union. It was political. And so this woman, who was steeped in idolatry, did not have the least desire to become a worshipper of the one true God. But rather she came with the avowed intentions of turning Israel away from the Lord. If you marry an unbeliever, an unbeliever, you know that unbeliever will come with an avowed intention of turning you to worship the Lord. But remember, you are sons and daughters of Abraham, according to the covenant. 
Now Israel, the ten tribes had already known what it was to worship the golden calves. But as yet, they were not sold out to idolatry. For God was worshipped and the law of Moses was acknowledged. But from the time of Abba's marriage to Jezebel, idolatry progressed in a deadly fashion. If you want to progress in your backsliding, marry an unbeliever. It will be a deadly progression. It was when this woman became a priestess in the temples that she erected to Astat, or which is Venus and Baal, the son of God, that Israel came to the crisis point of her life. With this in mind, we can now begin to see what the Spirit of God is setting forth in this theater and church age. Here it is. I have married Jezebel. And he did it as a political maneuver to strengthen his kingdom and security. That is exactly what the church did when it married under Constantine. They both got together for political reasons. Though they put a spiritual heir to it. Now no one can convince me that Constantine was a Christian. He was a pagan with what looked like a Christian trappings. He painted white crosses on the soldier's shields. He was the originator of the Knights of Columbus. He put a cross on the steeple of St. Sophia's, thereby starting a tradition. You see the Catholic Church doing it. The Anglican Church doing it. They are putting that cross on the steeple of their churches. That tradition was begun by Emperor Constantine. Emperor Constantine was not a Christian. He, oh, you only married the church and politics for his own agenda. And, and the church remained blinded. They didn't understand what Constantine was up to. Constantine actually, of, with, because of him, even infant baptism started. It was the year 325 AD. In the third century. When, when they called all the believers, the, the bishops, to come together in one place. And out of that, they began their own doctrines and traditions. The church married with the state. The Bible talks about it in the, in the, in the church age of Pergamos. And it says that's where Satan's throne is. When they had their one first leader. Uh -oh. Of both the church and politics at the same time. It is still here today. In our generation. That leader has been continuous. He's a political leader. And a spiritual leader. The Pope of Rome. The church and politics married. It was like the marriage of Jezebel and it is a marriage meant to destroy the church with her spiritual fornication. And the Bible speaks to Thirteen Church And it says, I have one thing against you. Because you have suffered, you have allowed this woman Jezebel, which calls herself a 
prophet to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication. This is what they have done in our generation. By teaching wrong doctrine by beginning trinity doctrine infant baptism by beginning all these ideas of man confirmancio penitencio you know all these ideas of man they were trying to suffocate and kill the church squeezing life out of the church. But friends, I want to announce to you, this is the same time God must send Elijah. Elijah must come at the time when the church is almost dead. He comes to bring a restoration. He comes to bring him and the church back to his senses. The ministry of Elijah is important. Don't joke with it. It's not just a man or an idea of a man. It's a Bible prophecy. He says, I will send you Elijah the prophet. We, we don't have our own ministry. We, we, our ministry is under this power and the spirit of Elijah because we have received the message of Elijah in this end time. Praise God. I have to carry on uh, in the next service uh, because uh, I'm all... For the Zoom saints, I only have to do one hour. So please let us stand on our feet. Praise God. Praise God. You see these things. If you don't understand, just pray that God will reveal to you more and more. But I'm telling you, we are in a time, my brother, of a fulfillment of prophecy. Thank you, Lord, for the message that you have sent to us in this end time. It's open our eyes to see things differently. It has made us understand that there is much more for us and more that we will realize and understand you have done for us in this house. Bless every brother and every sister. Bless every desire I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Is the Lord good?